Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Last week, I blew from the sacred conch of the Elder Gods and summoned forth new followers. And thus, two new faces appeared from the murky depths. That's right, we have two new patrons, here to raise hell and overthrow the government, here to meld minds and melt brains. Welcome to David Tolbert and Leanne Bailey. Thank you so much. Never before have two greater people emerged from the murky depths. If you, too, want to emerge from the murky depths, like David and Leanne, then go to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledge from as little as a dollar a month and get early ad-free access to episodes, Patreon-exclusive episodes, and get your names in all our books and all that jazzy stuff. So, we also have a new book out. Daniel Wilcox has buddied up with Lewis Hay to release his first ever children's book. They started the book in January with the aim of writing a book that would teach kids to say their please and thank yous. And now the Wantster is available at amazon.com.co.uk and all the dots across the world. Today's episode is Golden Shepherd, written by Richard Beauchamp and narrated by Jasmine Arch. She didn't run so much as float. Her limbs were vague mechanisms, hurtling through the third dimension while her vision shifted in and out of the fourth. The walls of the corridor pulsed, breathing in sync with her own respiration. Behind her was Sister Elizabeth, the only other one of the sisters who Marie could convince to run away with her. Their footfalls echoed strangely as they ran, thudding pulses that bounced off the walls like erratic heartbeats. Ten tabs. Ten tabs of Golden Shepherd was the initiation dose for entering the flock. 
It also happened to be the dose administered when Simon felt one of his sisters needed to be shown the light, a common cure for those who proved less receptive to his aura. Although Marie's tolerance to the potent hallucinogen had undoubtedly increased since she first entered the flock's gates, wide-eyed and drunk on the word of Simon Gabriel, the Golden Shepherd, a one-of-a-kind teratogenic analogue, was an unstoppable train at certain doses. Everyone at the compound was on a strict microdosing schedule that saw the brothers and sisters averaging about three tabs over the course of the day. This was Simon's way of making sure his scripture was absorbed, inherited. The hallway seemed to never end. Although trying to process time in this state was nearly impossible, some small part of her understood she had to move fast. To get out the back door of the Gabriel compound before Brother Donald and Brother Danny could come back from their group tantric love sessions, which was just a flowery name for the scheduled orgies that took place twice a week. Another part of Simon's strict regimen, the orgies were mandatory for group cohesion, regardless of whether the sisters felt like participating. Up ahead, Sister Elizabeth said. Marie blinked, saw the silhouette of a figure walking down the hallway. To Marie, the man first appeared like a flat paper cutout, before suddenly appearing ten feet in front of her. Brother David, materialising out of the ether, his big, wavering hands trying to hold her down. Marie tried to focus, drawing on the flare of rage within her, the spark she had first learned to cultivate after her fourth day in the adjustment chamber. She could feel it charging in her brain like a bolt of lightning, milliseconds before striking the ground. Hey, what the fuck? What the fuck? Brother David began. Marie wasn't sure how much of what she saw was hallucination and what was real, actually happening in her dimension. One second, the flesh of his face was rippling, simmering and dancing round his skull like a choppy ocean. An unknowable amount of time later, his eyes were pulpy craters. Crimson leaked from his nose. The sharp tang of urine cut through the nearly kaleidoscopic atmosphere as he collapsed on top of her. Fucking Christ! Come on! Sister Elizabeth shouted, shoving the convulsing man off and grabbing at Marie with arms that felt a mile long. Marie saw the double doors materialize, growing bigger, their tan frames hung in the wall at a strange angle. They both ran, stumbling along like newborn fawns as the ground beneath their feet felt like the surface of a trampoline. The first rays of sun she'd seen in days stabbed her eyes occluding the delirious visuals with searing white light. She'd forgotten about the sun, what with being stuck in a 12 by 12 pitch black concrete room for four days while being fed a steady diet of golden shepherd and water, her fasting a necessary part of her adjustment. It's all right. Just shield your eyes until we get to the forest. We have to go, Marie. Sister Elizabeth's voice came to her, hollow and distorted, as if spoken from a megaphone half a mile away easy for her to say. She wasn't operating with her third eye pinned open and receptive to all the violent stimuli of the world. Hands pulled at Marie's body, distant sensations that seemed to be felt through several layers of fabric, even though she was completely naked. Eventually, she was able to open her eyes to slits, the dilated pupils taking in painful glimpses of the pine forest that surrounded the compound. 
Sister Elizabeth ushered her towards the forest canopy, where it was dimmer beneath a ceiling of branches. Once there, Marie opened her eyes fully, stopping in wonder as she took in the phantasmagorical world of greens and browns and other shades of colour she'd never seen before. Come on! Elizabeth hissed, shoving Marie forward. She looked back at Sister Elizabeth, her visage stretched to grotesque proportions, distorting a face that Marie knew to be beautiful. They were all beautiful. Simon did not accept anything less than the most aesthetic of women to be part of his family. At least, that's how they started out. They began to run, Marie trying not to be overwhelmed by the intense visual stimuli, by the fact she could feel the presence of every tree and shrub that surrounded her. She knew this was part of her change too. The acid, with its strange ingredients unique only to Simon's recipe, had altered something in her somehow, mutated synapses and built new receptors to allow for the constant overflow of serotonin and dopamine, which in turn had fostered her newfound psionic abilities. Just like she could feel the vibrations of Sister Elizabeth's soul, the forest thrummed like high-voltage live wires. Simon always said Marie was special, that she could ascend farther than any of them if she just listened to the shepherd's word. Hey, stop! came a male voice from some distance. There they are! came another. Marie looked around dazed before seeing two more silhouettes come through the colourful ocean of green around them. Their black uniforms, the cloth of the brother, stood out in vivid contrast compared to the healthy green hues that surrounded them. Their presence was a violation, sacrilegious in this place of thriving natural beauty. They ran towards Marie, small devices in their hands that asked with blue fire. She could feel the electricity despite being way out of the taser's reach. Shit! Come on, Marie! Sister Elizabeth pleaded. But Marie stood her ground, closing her eyes. Even through her lids, she could see them, feel their repulsive auras radiating like abscessed teeth in diseased gums. She focused in on the one on the right cleansing her body of the black rage that began to fester within her after her third day in the adjustment chamber. Rage that culminated from Simon Gabriel's repeated lies. Lies that only a few from the group seemed to see through. She thought of his long, luscious black hair, those handsome blue eyes, the gentle southern lilt in his voice. You are not one being but a piece of a collective whole that is the flock. You are only whole when in the presence of the family. You are nothing without your brothers and sisters. You are nothing. There came a shout as she felt the rage leave her body in a sudden violent wave, a flash like a Polaroid camera steering an afterimage across her corneas as the man's soul was snuffed out his corporeal vessel obliterated by her rage. There came the sound of liquid splashing against the ground, a startled scream as Brother Dylan was bathed in a hot wash of Brother Daniel's viscera. Holy shit! Sister Elizabeth breathed in awe. He was right. You ascended. The shepherd speaks knowledge. 
but only those willing to listen will bear its fruit, Marie droned, her voice sounding insect-like to her own ears, uttering a phrase that had been played on a loop for 48 hours in the adjustment chamber. She found they were the only words she could speak. She could sense the other man fleeing, his soul vibrating at the high frequency of animal terror. She couldn't let him get away, though, inform Simon of their escape. She clenched her fist, gritted her teeth, and for a moment she left her body, traveling through the air as a black ethereal ball of energy, slamming into Brother Dylan, where his atoms destabilized rapidly, causing him to spontaneously combust. It was strange. Her projected force seemed to have a different catastrophic effect on each soul. They pressed on, Elizabeth guiding Marie through the mile or so of dense forest, trying to put as much distance between them and the compound as possible. It was nearing dusk when they came upon the rough-cut logging road. Sister Elizabeth had her arms around Marie as they walked, the mountain air beginning to take on a chilly bite that nipped at Sister Elizabeth's skin with icy fingers. Marie didn't realise she was shivering, or that she was even cold her brain seeming to detach itself from her parasympathetic nervous system. Despite the dimming light, she could see just fine, her body still connected to the forest via unseen veins and tendons that bloomed within her every time her bare feet touched the earth. They walked along the brown vein of the road, not knowing where they were headed. All the sisters were blindfolded on their rare trips to and from the compound for provisions which as far as Sister Elizabeth could tell was in one of the most remote parts of Idaho she'd ever seen. A vivid night sky could be seen through the broken canopy of coniferous forest as they walked. Once they had to jump off the road, waiting behind two thick evergreen trees while a truck passed at a slow crawl, its diesel engine grumbling like a feral beast, a terrible sound that almost made me scream with anguish. They let it pass and continued walking until the dirt road eventually terminated at the shoulder of a two-lane paved road. Marie saw a sign that glimmered with holographic brilliance, a symbol on it. She stared in wonder. Oh, thank fucking Christ! We're almost there, Marie! She heard Sister Elizabeth say, rapturous joy in her voice. She focused on the symbol. Where had she seen it before? After a moment, it came to her. H. It was an H. But she couldn't comprehend what an H was. There was another sign just underneath it, filled with symbols, and she was vaguely horrified at the fact that she couldn't read. What normal people saw as Twin Falls, Six Miles, she saw as a confusing amalgamation of curves and lines. Here comes a car. Hide, Marie. Let me try and flag them down. Virgil Whitaker yawned as he piloted his Chevy down the winding road of Highway H, fresh off a shift from the lumber mill and ready to go home, crack a few beers and get some shut-eye so he could do it all again tomorrow. He was thinking about which fast food joint he was going to stop at once he got into town when his high beams illuminated the woman on the side of the road. He almost had to swerve to keep from hitting her as she flailed her arms about. 
He braked to a stop some twenty feet past where she was and reversed, getting ready to chew her out for running out in front of a truck going fifty miles an hour. But his aggravated response froze on his lips when he saw the skinny husk of a woman running up to his passenger window. Uh, ma'am, what the hell? Please, please, you have to help us. Me and my friend, we're running away from him. He's looking for us. Please, we're not crazy. Just let us ride with you for a few miles. I'm begging you. The woman was young, perhaps late twenties. Red hair hung in a messy corona around her head. She wore a soiled nightgown that was once white, with a peculiar symbol on it that Virgil could have sworn he'd seen somewhere before. Whoa there. Okay, okay, just take it easy, he said, unlocking the door. She immediately opened it before disappearing behind some bushes. Virgil got out and stopped in his tracks when he saw the naked woman that materialized from the forest. My God, he said when he saw the multitude of scars that were etched into the alabaster flesh. It was the same symbol her friend had on her nightgown, branded into the woman's body hundreds of times. Jesus, okay, just just get in. I'm taking you all to the cops, he said. For a moment, he locked eyes with the naked woman, and he froze, feeling something peculiar wash over him. Her eyes were wide, almost glowing, like the eyes of a cat in a spotlight. He found that looking directly into them made him feel lightheaded, almost delirious. I... um... come on, he said, forcing himself to break eye contact and walking back to his truck. She would prove to Simon that his word was wrong, his followers worshipping a false idol. There was only one shepherd, the Golden Shepherd. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Golden Shepherd was written by Richard Beauchamp, narrated by Jasmine Arch, edited by Carl Hughes and needed by Chris Zabriskie, and zapsplat.com and Sam Robson. And sound effects provided by Free Sound. Richard Beauchamp is a horror writer from North America with stories published in various anthologies and magazines, including Gehenna and Hinnom's 2017 Year's Best Body Horror, Dark Water Syndicate Press's Postcards from the Void Anthology, and Gypsum Sound Tales, Fuggish Itch, Viva Las Vegas Edition. So, like I said at the start of the episode, we blew from the sacred conch, and two faces emerged from the murky depths. We have two new patrons, David Tolbert and Leanne Bailey. These two, let me tell you about these two people. They are absolutely splendid. Absolutely splendid. So, join me. I'm going to raise the conch again. That's it, it's raised now. So, if you want to join the uh, Patreon, if you want to merge from the murky depths, go to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledge some little as a dollar a month. Also, I have to say, Daniel Wilcox has a new book out. It's a kid's book. He made it with a chap called Lewis Hay, and they've released their first ever children's book. They started on the book back in January with the aim of writing a book that would teach kids to say their please and thank yous. And now the Wantster is available for purchase at Amazon.com, .co.uk, and all the dots across the world. Until next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.